Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, ladies, we have Camilla Jeffs from Arizona. She is a rock star, right, Andressa? Totally. Uh, 18 years in this business. She is a passive investor. She's uh, an active investor. She's getting involved with major projects um, and just has so much to share around family and incorporating kids into your work and, and five you know, kids, five children, <laughs> um, you know, going from, you know, nothing to, you know, uh, she's a general partner of a, an enormous construction project in assisted living, which is super cool and super fascinating. And it's gotta be a very large project. So one of the things you're going to get out of today's episode, you're going to get a lot of nuggets, but we really zone in on active versus passive investing. And so many women will come to us talking about those two areas, those two roads, which one to take strategically. So we really dive into that topic. We dive into giving you some very specific tips and questions to ask yourself so you can make the right decision for yourself. That's great. And another part that I really love about this episode is that as a passive investor, a lot of people come to her with different deals. And she really shared very specific uh, tips for those who don't have experience, who don't have a track record. You know, Liz, that's so important what she, she said because yep. it gives people so much confidence to, despite not having a track record or any type of experience, to still seek the goal to either raise money or, or be inactive. So this episode is one of my favorites. And I think, you know, her strategic tips are really doable. It's not something that you can do like 10 years from now. It's something that you can do now. You can start now. And she has a very inspiring story. So enjoy this episode, ladies. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. If you are listening to our podcast for the first time, thank you. We are so appreciative of you listening and joining us today. Uh, and if you are returning Invest Her that listens to us each week, thank you so much. We Welcome so appreciate back. you. Welcome back. We, we do this for you. So just know that That's uh, we have Camilla Jeffs on our show today. Camilla, thank you so much for being on our show. We're so excited to jump into your story here in a moment. Yes, I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah, Camille is amazing. Uh, I'll just say that before we even get into her story, but we're, we're looking forward to it. And Camilla is also one of our meetup leaders in Arizona. So uh, if you are in that um, Phoenix area, she's our meetup leader extraordinaire out there. So, um, and she's on meet, we're, you know, meetup.com and all that good stuff. But yeah, we're, we're excited to uh, have Camilla on our show today for lots of reasons. So before we get going, uh, there's so many questions we have for her and uh, we always like to connect with all of you, our amazing women that we serve. So, Andressa, we'd like to share one quick tip or something that's coming up for us, right? So, right. so what do you got for us today, Andressa? You know, I'm going to talk about something that Liz doesn't know yet. Okay. Right? So, today has been a, a very interesting day, to say the least. Um, 30 minutes ago, I just fired IGC over the phone because we're social distancing and it's never easy for me to fire somebody. I give a couple of chances. I give directions and I was thinking, you know, it's not like a feeling, the feeling like letting somebody go. We're having that conversation with somebody, but before I fired him, I really thought about like, what, what do I stand for? What do I want more of? And then it's just very, very clear. And what I found out to me, and I want to share that with you guys, is that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter the experience. It doesn't really matter what the issue is. If you already repeated how you want things a hundred times, if you have SOPs, if you have finishes list, if you have a signed contract, with specific mm. schedule, with specific things. What boils down to, to me, is the integrity. Do you do what you say you're gonna do? Plain and simple. And if you're not gonna be able to fulfill that commitment, are you coming to me and saying, hey, you know that X, Y, and Z, I won't be able to do that. And this is why, and this is what I am planning on doing, right? So otherwise you are completely out of integrity. And I think that to me, my mistake where I take responsibility is because I tolerate that several times with this person until I no longer tolerate that. Mm. And it's, Listen, I, I talk to people about hiring, firing GCs all, all the time, and I, I, I just like doing it, to be honest. But it gets to the point that I'm like, wait, hold on, what's going on over here? If I yeah. need to micromanage you, if I need to repeat things, if I find the mistakes quicker than you, your quality is not there it's just not, we're not a good match. And there's nothing wrong with people running their business the way that they want to run, but we're just not a good match. And there are some folks that is just a, a give and take. Andressa, can you take over here? Can you accommodate? Yeah. How about you here? Yeah. But sometimes people want to do what they want to do and whatever they want to do. And at the end of the day, it's my name that is on that project, not his. And that's what happens <laughs> this yeah. morning. No. Fire off your call. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had another, yeah. And I had a call about, you know, just some, some team member issues. Right. So, yeah. you know, but that's a really good point Andressa. Like we all could take away is I love what you said on a lot of levels, but 
you said you said X, Y, and Z, this isn't working, but you also said, here's what I can learn from it. This is what I can do differently. And I think we all need to do that, right? When something doesn't happen, a work right, a partnership, a team member, you know, it's hard to say that, right? It's like, no, it's just that they were the wrong person yeah, or the wrong fit. Yeah. But what Make can I wrong. own? Yeah, it's so much easier. Right? It's so much easier. <laughs> but what, what can I own in that? And, and what can I do differently? So yeah. well, good for you. It was uncomfortable, but you got through it. And your business will be better for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's gonna. There's nothing wrong with having uncomfortable situations, and yep. it, it is what it is. And we just move forward, be fair with forward. people, but not a good match. Yeah, I love it. Well, I don't love that you went through that, but I love that you're growing <laughs> and all the other good things that come from that, right? True. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, Camilla, thank you again so much for being on our show. You have such a um, unique story, and I, I'm really excited to get into it here. So, we always like to ask the ladies that we interview, uh, what propelled you, you know, what inspired you to get involved in real estate investing? Oh, that's such a great question. And um, for me, it was kind of a necessity <laughs> because I got married very young and had a baby very young also. And uh, my husband and I were, were trying to figure out, you know, we had, we had no money. We had like, how we're going to live. And we were living in this garage off someone else's house <laughs> where we were renting this like garage apartment thing. Mm. Um, and, and uh, thought we got to, we got to do something else. What, what can we do to get out of this garage apartment. Um, and so the lady who owned the garage apartment is actually a realtor. And so we talked to her for a while and, and she owned several properties and had rentals. And so she talked to us and she told us about a, an interesting strategy where we buy a house that had a basement apartment and then you could rent out the basement apartment. And so we did just that. We, we, we bought a home and it was a big home, right? I mean, really big for a, a young family, had a pool in the backyard and we lived there for like hundred dollars a month is all we paid because we, we rented out the basement. It had a large basement apartment area and we rented the basement. And so it was kind of a necessity for us to be able to live cheap or free, um, Back then, it wasn't called the cool thing it is now. Now, it's days it's called house hacking. Yeah, right. Kind of fun term. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was um, it was really fun to 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 do that. And then once that kind of turn really turned me on, and I thought, you know, there's something to this real estate thing. And so then I started reading books and trying to figure out how can we. Uh, continue this journey and how can we build wealth? And, and I started, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid that real estate is really going to be the way to build wealth, but not only build wealth, but to build financial security and safety. Uh, I think a lot of people get starry eyed about, you know, being a millionaire or billionaire in real estate. But uh, for me, it's really about like that security and safety because I want to make sure my family's taken care of. Um, and so, yeah, that was our first one. We did a house hack and, and, uh, from there we just kind of kept going. Wow. So one thing that I want to mention that we usually don't talk about it, right? Um, a lot of people talk about using real estate as a tool to financial freedom, financial security, but if you guys can hear what she did, right? She moved to a house and she rented to somebody else, her, her part of her house. So house hacking, I've done similar things in the past, but what I want to talk about is like, what are you willing to pay? What is the price that you're willing to pay? Well, does she want it like a beautiful house with fancy 
white fans and all the thing, whatever, maybe, but understanding how to use real estate as a tool because her vision is there. So she might have somebody, Hey, how are you? Good morning to you. A coffee, you know, different situations that you're willing to do in order to pay a hundred dollars per month. Hell yeah. But I feel that a lot of people are not, they want the results of real estate but they just want to say, okay, I'm going to buy a property, hire a GC. He's going to do everything. I'm just going to go to closing. And, mm-hmm. and I'll do three or two or whatever, and I'm good to go. So it's a journey. But Camila, what I want to talk about, like from house hacking, right? 18 years ago, was that? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. It's been a long years. journey, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm still in it. <laughs> You're still in it. It is, it is literally a journey. There's no like a dead end. It's like, good, I'm good for life, right? But from there to where you're at now, you're being investing, um, when we say passive, and that's where I want to go with you. When you say passive, a lot of people say, imagine, passive meaning I'll give you my money and then I go to the beach and I'll just sit down and relax. <laughs> so talk to us about your experience about being a passive investor. What does that really mean? Yeah, so a passive investor uh, simply means that you're, you're putting your money into the project, but you're not the one that's going to be running the project, right? So you're not the one that goes out and finds the deal. You're not the one that negotiates with the brokers or the sellers. You're not the one that, that puts the lending on it to make sure that the lending, you don't bring all the investors together. And after it closes, you don't manage it, right? So, so as a passive investor, you don't have to deal with, you know, toilets or tenants, you know, Mm -hmm. but as a passive investor, it's really important to be educated, well-educated on the types of investments that you're going to make. And, and so, you know, all during my active phase of, of real estate, I was doing everything myself. And now I get to, I have to rely on someone else to do it. That takes a huge amount of trust. And I think that as a passive investor, you have to make sure that you understand who you're investing with, what's their track record? Have they done this before? Are they good at it? Have they been able to get, uh, get through full cycles of deals? And then once they have, uh, you know, and, and do you, do you like them, right? <laughs> do, Pretty much. Can you work with them? Are they going <laughs> to yeah. communicate with you? Or, or are they just going to take your money and just kind of leave you hanging and you'll always be wondering and, and you're going to be the one having to reach out, well, what's going on with the property? What's going on with the property? So um, so passive doesn't necessarily mean, right, sitting on the, be- on the beach doing nothing. It's still, you still need to be involved with your money, right? It's all about making those dollars work really hard for your family. And um, you can make them work hard in a passive investment, just like you can make them work hard as an active investor. Yeah, I think that's so powerful because, you know, over the years, you know, we work with a lot of the passive investors in our, in our core real estate business as well. And a lot of women will come to Andres and I about, because I've been more of an act, if you had to say what kind of investor have I, you know, have I been in many years is more of an active investor, right? Looking for the deal, evaluating the deal, all those pieces, like you just said, um, want, want to get to the, I want to be a passive investor soon. I want to be you when I grow up. But you know, the, the point though, is that so many women will come to us saying, 
you know, I want X, Y, and Z, but, you know, I don't really want to like deal with all these other things. So it's like, it sounds like you might want to be more passive. And I, I think the goal though is one's not better than the other, but the returns are different. Obviously the amount of risk is different. So, so walk us through, you know, if a woman's listening to this and she has some money, she's got money set aside to deploy. She could either go down the passive route or she become an active investor. What might be some ways to evaluate for herself, which kind of road, and sometimes it's both, right? I work with people who are actually active investors and passive, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I work with other people who are like, I don't care, send me my checks, passive only. <laughs> and then there's people that are only I active. Love them. I yeah, love Yeah, I love them too. No, they we don't do love care them. about the chandelier or what <laughs> color I'm gonna use, none. <laughs> they are, they're amazing. But like, you know, but they're all different types. So I, but I think for a lot of women that listen to our podcast, and a lot of women in our community, um, you know, they have, they have both interests and they may, may have dabbled in both, but to really evaluate for themselves, what might be a better, like go all in on and to really make the right decision for them uh, is always something I think is a little harder to kind of, I don't know, evaluate, yeah. figure out. So I'm curious, like what, either some questions or ways to like really help those women who are evaluating those two roads. Right, right. So some great questions to ask yourself are, number one, how much time do you have? As a, you know, obviously being an active investor will take more time. So if you're in a season of life where you have more time or you're actually really good at making time and prioritizing your time, then um, active would probably be more, but would probably be better than passive. Um, Another question to ask yourself is what kind of skills do you have? So um, over my journey, I've built up construction skills. So I, I do home rehabs with my five children. I've taught them all, you know, how to rehab a house and they love demo day. That's their favorite. And they get to smash <laughs> down walls, right? And um, so do you have those, those skills, right? Construction skills. Now, of course, you can always hire a GC to do it for you. So do you have, but do you have the skills of, finding the right market? Do you know how to do a market analysis? Do you know how to underwrite a property? And underwrite is just a fancy word for doing a financial analysis on a, on a property. Do you have those, those skills? If you don't have those skills and you want to invest right now, passive all the way because you go passive and then you can start learning and developing those skills. If you, if you want to wait and um, develop the skills first and then use your money for something, you can do that. But I would always suggest, you know, start investing now. Don't wait. There's, um, there's, there's, power in starting early and something that, that I'm teaching my, uh, my oldest daughter who just graduated from high school, you've got to start early, right? That, that compounding, all of that early start is going to pay off for you in the end. So go passive if you don't have the skills and then you can learn the skills and you can learn from people like Liz and you can learn from people like me about, about how to really develop um, a, a real estate portfolio and, and the things that we do. And we'll teach you. We're so happy to teach you about it. <laughs> Um, so those are two, those are two really big questions. And then another question is like, are you, are you even passionate about real estate? Does that, does that set your heart on fire? Does, do you get excited when you drive by an apartment building and you see how run down it is in the front and you think, Ooh, I can fix that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) uh, You know, is that exciting for you or is it not like maybe your passion is in food is in cooking. Maybe your passion is in fitness. You don't, don't try and fit something into uh, your life that's just gonna 
you know, you think, oh, I should be able to love this and I, maybe I can develop a passion for it. You know, it, it's life's too short, right? <laughs> do, do what you love and then um, make smart decisions along the way. And so I think those are three key things, right? Time, skills, and passion or, or interest are really important when you think about should I go active or passive? I love what you're saying, you know, and I just want to highlight that. Like if you pass in front of an apartment building and you see like all the paint coming out and, <laughs> and things like that, right? You're like, ah, that deck was built without a permit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right? So if you get excited, if you heard Camila saying, and you're like, yes, I can imagine everything. You, you're probably all like, yeah, you're passionate about it. But if you heard her saying that and you're like, what the hell you're talking about? No, <laughs> no, I don't think that. So you know what I mean? Like it's automatic. So just be aware of that feeling because you might be in real estate because you heard it was a good idea because you heard that good gives good return. Anything that we do in life with passion will give you a return. But if you are being forced to be in this business, uh, you're going to be tortured throughout because it's a, it's, it's a roller coaster, right? But it's for, I love it. And I can talk all day long, all night long, and I continue doing it. So Camila, from the latest, from the perspective, all switch sides, right? So let's say I am somebody that it's starting in real estate. I've done my education, done my homework, and I came across my, my first deal. And I'm looking for passive investors to fund uh, my deal. But I don't have a track record. I, it's, it's my first deal, right? right? And I think I have a clear expectation about you know the financials. They're looking good. So when I come to somebody like you, for example, I'm very nervous about have, even having a conversation about it because I might not know all the answers. From your perspective, how would you evaluate some, a situation like this, for example? Because we have a lot of ladies on our community that are starting out and they are doing their homework and the diligence, but they don't have a track record yet to present and they don't have the funds right now to fund themselves so they are looking for partnerships so from your perspective how does that conversation go and what do you, do you expect from them yeah so so if i had someone coming to me that said hey camilla i've i've got this deal and these are the here's the numbers on it it's looking good um I would expect that person to be upfront and honest with me and tell me that this is her first deal. Um, I, I, that's really important piece of information for me to know because as a, as an investor, you know, with money that's willing to put, put into deals, I'm not going to write you off just because this is your first deal and you don't have a track record, right? It, a lot of it depends on the deal. Um, I, I'd be happy to sit down and look over it with you and to, to look at it because I have a lot of experience in a lot of different part pieces of real estate. State. Now, if you were coming to me and it was a hundred unit apartment deal and you don't have a track record and this is your first deal, I'm going to, I'm going to let you know that you're going to, you need a, you need a partner, right? You, you need a established partner, someone who knows what they're doing, right? But if this is a home or a duplex, right? Duplex or fourplex, you want to pick up a fourplex. 
that's great. My four, first fourplex I picked up, I did need a money partner. And it was the first fourplex I'd ever done. I'd done a couple of single family homes before that, but it was my first small multifamily. And so I did have to approach someone and, and say, hey, you know, I, I have this fourplex opportunity. And, and you just simply present the numbers, you present the facts, you present what you know and what you don't know. And then as, um, as I ask you questions, I'm going to be asking very pointed questions, right? So what did the fourplex across the street, how much are they renting for? And what's their occupancy level and, and things like that. I'm going to ask you very pointed questions and you probably won't know all the answers. And, and again, back to the honesty, I want you to just tell me, you know what? I don't know but I can find out, right? I think those are super powerful words. You say, I don't really know, but I will definitely find out. And then you go to work, you find out and you return that information quickly to me. So I know that you have the, um, the wherewithal and the, and, and the gumption to actually go out and make this deal be, be a good one. Yeah, I love that. And it's, you know, so often people, especially women, I should say, because that's who we talk to. That's who we're in conversations a lot with, especially in our community. We want to know everything and we don't want to do anything until we know everything about any, and any yeah. subject matter, let alone real estate. And, you know, it's just not possible in this business, you know, and, and so what you're saying makes so much sense in the fact of, and even women transitioning, they may be doing single family homes or flips and they really want to get into multifamily or get into assisted living, which I want to get to with you too. So I know that's something you're, you're getting involved with, which is very intriguing, intriguing to me, selfishly, of course. But, um, you know, it's still, it's, you've got to know really what you can bring to the table, but also be honest with that person. But I also want to just speak to the women listening that you, not only do you not know, need to know everything, but you're... Um, you have something to bring to the table. I mean, and Andres and I say that all the time. I feel like it needs to be said all the time uh, because like yourself, Camilla, you're experienced. You have, oh, you have five kids, another topic we're going to get to. And you got a lot on your plate, right? You're not looking around like, I have nothing to do. Like, you know, I read your bio and I know a bit about you. You have a lot going on. It's not like you literally just sit around all day looking for something to do and playing games on your phone. Um, and if you do, we won't judge, but you know, I, I, I just, I just think, you know, we need to know we all bring something to the table. And the biggest thing, ladies listening, if you're less experienced, you can bring time and like hustle and follow through and like do whatever it takes to someone who has experience. They will never dismiss that. That will be one of the greatest things you can bring to the table um, beyond money, beyond connections, you know? So I just want to say that everyone has something to bring to the table. You just got to figure out what it is. And you got to figure out what that investor needs and, and create a match. You know, that's really what it's about. Um, and don't talk too much. Ask questions, right? Ask, seek to understand. I think that's another problem people have. You know, they, we just want to talk too much. So I love what you're saying. You know, the other question though, around passive versus active before we transition, I, I want to just ask quickly is, it's also about the returns, right? What are people's money goals? Because if you can meet your goals, and being a passive investor, why would anyone be an active investor, to be honest with you? I mean, not, not, I mean, I enjoy, I love real estate and I love investing, but you know, yeah. you have to also look at the, 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 okay, I have this amount of money. We started, we had no money. The passive investor wasn't a choice for us, right? We started, there was, right. there was no choice there, you know, obviously. So it wasn't like, oh, I got all this money. I'm not sure what to do. I was like, we gotta be in this game, right? We gotta be the, the, the operators, if you will. 
but as you kind of continue on, it's like, okay, am I going to choose which path am I going to choose and what makes more sense? And, and Andres and I are talking about different business ventures. And we, our question now is we don't need to operate this business. We can, mm. we can, you know, so it's as you get a little more seasoned. So my question to you is, you know, what are some of those money questions, those money goals that women can answer for themselves if they are in the wonderful position where they have a, they have that chunk of money they can deploy passively or actively beyond the questions that you asked a moment ago were amazing, you know, cause sometimes they could actually just fulfill their financial goals if they invest one way or the other. It doesn't have to be, you know, any other way. So any other thoughts around that? Cause I think that's a big one too, around what people's actual money goals are. <laughs> you know, we forget that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be crystal clear on what your money goals are. And and so and and for me it's really easy to break that down to a monthly goal. Uh so a, a monthly goal of passive income. So how much income does my family need to one survive, right? Two, live comfortably and three um enjoy our life. Um, so what, 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 what's that number? Now it's going to be different for every family. I mean, I have five kids, so my number's got to be higher than someone that has one kid. Uh, maybe depends on where you live. Right. <laughs> so, um, so there's a, there's, you have to be crystal clear on that, on that money goal. And then the other thing that you always need to be thinking about is you, you definitely have to be future focused in with your money goals as well, because I mean, if you're, if you've gone to a traditional financial planner, then they say, down and they say, okay, you know, when you're retirement, it's at age 65, then you got to you know, do these. And, and then they break it down. Here's how much you have to save per month, right? Very similar process in real estate, um, except for most of us, we're, we're not looking at age 65 is when I'm going to retire. <laughs> we're looking at how do I get to financial independence, uh, complete financial independence, and how can I get there as fast as possible so that I can then really live the purpose that I was meant to be here on, on this earth for. And so, um, so you have to really look at that. And so we're looking at probably a, a crunched time, a shortened time, but really putting your money to work. And then the really interesting thing is in a passive investment, the numbers are laid out very well for you. In, and, and, and I, it's, it was easier. It's easier for me now to look at those numbers and to be able to project my, uh, what I'm going to make on the property than it was when I was doing my single family, you know, rentals and fixes, you know, like the, the numbers were, were, it was difficult for me to project how much I would make on a single family home because yeah. as uh, you know, single family homes are, um, they're subjective, right? Their worth, their value is subjective. It depends on what Sally down the street sold hers for and what, you know, you know, Jimmy sold his for, right? You just never know what's going to, what's going to happen. Whereas in like large apartments or assisted living, you, there's a business plan and it's almost like you're investing in the business and the business has to execute the plan. And once the plan is executed, there's, here's the returns that you can fairly confidently, uh, achieve with that yeah. with that business plan that's a great point because it actually is a more conservative it's a more of a conservative approach but again depending on your financial goals and where you are in life that mm -hmm. would be might be perfect for you and perfect for where you are in your life um i'm curious have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. 
In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. I used to think working from home was the dream, until it wasn't. Between the distractions and the solitude, I was struggling. But then I discovered Industrious Office, and honestly, it's been a game changer. Every day at Industrious feels like stepping into a zone of productivity. The high-speed internet never fails me during crucial moments, and the workspace? It's not only stylish, but designed to boost your focus and creativity. Plus, the daily breakfast and endless coffees are super cool. Meeting other driven professionals right where I work has not just expanded my network, it's inspired me. It's amazing how being around other focused people can push you to achieve more, you know what I mean? If you're looking for a sign to change your workspace, this is it. Check out Industrious by visiting biggerpockets.com slash industrious. Then click join now and use the promo code pockets to get a free week of co-working when you take a tour. That's biggerpockets.com slash industrious and use promo code pockets after clicking join now. Experience for yourself how the right environment can change the way you work. Industrious. It's where your best work happens. Let's talk a little bit about the assisted living. Cause I know you're, you're, you've been passive, right? For a long time and you're transitioning to being on the GP side of an assisted living opportunity. I know nothing. I mean, I know assisted living cause you know, I'm familiar with the concept, but from an investing perspective, I'm, you know, we don't have any assets in, in that type of approach. So I could only imagine though it's growing and there's a big opportunity. That would be my, my, my cunch, but I'd love to yeah. pick your brain a little bit, especially the one listening. I think that's something that's been talked about, you know, as, as another niche that we haven't really covered on our podcast. So yeah, tell us a little about why assisted living and just the, the you know, the, the, um, the project you're, you're working on. Yes, I love to. So why assisted living? So for me, um, I'm a very purposeful investor, right? For sure, I need to have financial returns because money is a tool that needs to, needs to take care of my family. We can't get away from it, right? And, and, and there's a lot of talk about what's your relationship with money. And I've had a lot of weird relationships with money. And <laughs> I'm finally to the point where I've, I'm like, okay, you're just a tool in my toolbox and I'm going to use you and I'm going to make you work hard because you have to work the hardest for me and my family. And so, um, but also with a financial return, I want to be investing in projects that set my heart on fire, that really have a, a purpose to help communities, right? That's why I love apartments. It helps whole communities. And then assisted living is really taking care of our, uh, of our elders, right? Of the people who have paved the way before us and they, and now they need our assistance. And so the project I'm working on right now is an assisted living for memory care and it's a new construction Mm. And we're, we're going to be building these. And I, I just, I just fell in love with this concept. So it's kind of in more innovative. It's, it's building like a neighborhood. So we're building a neighborhood of, of bigger homes. Think of them as like a, a 12 plex, right? But, but it's a, it's a home where they all live. They all, the residents live together. So it's a smaller type of facility than the really big assisted living ones that are, that have been built right um, so far. 
And so the residents feel like they're still living in a home and in its memory care. And I have, uh, you know, I had a very poignant experience with a, a grandmother who suffered from Alzheimer's and, um, and you know, her children kept her in their home. And it was, it was hard. It was really, really difficult uh, disease. It just, it takes their memory. They, um, you know, just a lot of hard things happen. And so um, I, I just feel like that, if I can be providing some kind of way for, for people with Alzheimer's or dementia to live humanely and in a, in a beautiful way, then why not? Why would I not invest in something like that? Um, and, and then you talk about the market, right? So the market, that, that demographic is growing. I mean, we have the, the baby boomers are aging. This is a need that is going to be huge. So it's projected in the next 10 years that over 3 million seniors will have Alzheimer's or dementia. And we do not have the facilities to take care of them currently. Um, and so if you think about it from a business perspective, it's a huge opportunity to get into the assisted living space and, you know, senior housing. There's lots of, there's different levels of it, but I love assisted living because it's not as um, involved. It's not like buying a hospital, for example, which is what the skilled nursing facilities are. It's, it's buying, it's building homes where the seniors can actually live and function, but still have the care that they, that they need. And so opportunities are huge. And um, the, the returns on the investment are actually bigger than my other uh, investments that I have in multifamily. And so um, I'm really excited about this project. I'm excited to, to, to bring it to life and to see it through. And this is my first new construction, like large new construction that I've done. So I'm excited to learn all about that as well. You know, it's, it's weird to say that. So my first new construction project, I was like scared. And then I found out, I was like, that's easier than all the full gut rehabs and all the unforeseen things because you have architects and engineers and it's like black and white. This is how it's going to go. So there's no like surprise, terabyte, <laughs> right? So, you know, Camilla, I love, you know, I had the experience with my grandmother too. Uh, for nine years, she had Alzheimer and lived with us. So I know that we had to hire somebody day and night mm -hmm. to be there because everybody had their lives. And, and the more that we wanted to be there with her, we, we just couldn't. Right. And everybody mentally is such a toll on people. So I, I get that. And I think that for all the ladies that are listening, it doesn't really matter when you are, where you are in your real estate journey, more and more, I have found that, we are kind of like combining our real estate investments with something that we are really passionate about. And you get to the point they're like, why would I settle for less? Why would I not do a, a project that I'm really passionate about it? And on top of that, the returns are, are, are great. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that right. that's something that we don't need to wait until I am like down the road to get to that point. My question to you is, what is what do you see as your 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 purpose? Because real estate, I also see as part of we, what we are. Right. Mm -hmm. 
but not truly our who we are as an individual is what we do for you do you feel that sense of connection with where you are at right now in your path yeah that's so that's a that's a deep question you're gonna get down in my heart yes (laughs) Uh, we don't fool around here we don't fool around (laughs) no it's it's good so my, um, my big purpose in life, and I'm going to try not to cry, is, that, is, is to be an example of chasing your dreams for my children. So I have four daughters and one son. Um, and, and my four daughters, and, and I grew up in a, in a very traditional home where women did one thing and men did the other, right? And so for me, I'm trying to really blast through those those barriers that that um, you know, and they don't exist as much anymore, right? I mean, my family is has definitely morphed, but um, for me, my purpose is to show my children that me as a woman, I can do things that people thought a long time ago we couldn't do, and I can definitely take those steps forward and. And I hope, my biggest hope is that the small steps that I take right now, my children are involved in my business. I, there's, there's no separation of my business and me as a mom. It's all connected. We do it together. So for example, my you know, 15-year-old twin daughters, they help me do my video editing for, for the videos that I make. Um, my oldest daughter helps me with my website design. They're, they're all right there. She's like, helps me pick pick my shirt for this podcast interview. <laughs> so they're all there. I'm sitting in my daughter's bedroom right now with for the podcast. So it's just a, it's just being involved together. And so just showing my children that, that life can be business and business can be life and it can all be one in the same and it can, and we can live a, a beautiful life together. So that's my main purpose is, is to do that. And then hopefully inspire other women to do the same, to, uh, you know, to involve their families and to, and to work together as a family towards a common goal. I love that. And, you know, with your, with your kiddos, do you, uh, did that kind of just evolve, you know, and, and cause there's women who are right listening to this, who have young kids and yeah. I would love to like pass off my, a bunch of things to our six year old, but I don't know if he's ready for, for, for major stuff. So it's a, it's a process, right? But you don't want to wake up with a 15 year old and go, Oh yeah, we're real estate investors. And by the way, we be like, screw that mom. I'm going to go, <laughs> go back to my phone. Right. So it's, it's gotta be something you introduce. So what did you do when they were young? What did you do? You know, did, do you have like certain strategies that work with them at different stages? Were there cer- mm-hmm. certain recommendations you can give them when listening, depending on where their you know, children's ages are? Yeah, you bet. So um, we, uh, we bought our first flip, I guess. So, so we'd done a several, several um, live-in flips, but our first real flip we bought when my twins were uh, nine months old. And so we're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go do this flip. And we, so we had a nine, we had two nine month old babies and a three-year-old, right? So three kids under three. And we're like, yeah, we're just going to go do this. Good timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Right? Yeah, we had just moved to a new state and oh. we had no family. We had no help with, with oh, the God. babies. So oh, we just, well, 
I guess we're taking them with us. So we took them with us. And that established a, a pattern over the next 18 years of our, my kids were right there with us. So when we bought our fourplex, you know, I had, I think all five at the time, all five kids, they came over and they helped us paint the, paint the walls, right? They came with mom to mow the grass, uh, Funny story, that's when we learned my son was allergic to, to grass. Oh, wow. <laughs> I ended up with like swollen eyeballs and it was Oh, jeez. But, oh but they're right there with us as we do our business. And so, you know, it wasn't, for us, it wasn't find a babysitter. Now, it, it may not make sense for other women, right? It may make sense to find a babysitter and, and then go off and do what you need to do. Um, but for me, I just felt like it was important for them to see what we do, to, to be involved in what we do. And so they, they, they would come with me to meetings. I mean, of course it's boring, right? But now if I fly, so I, you know, I flew to Oklahoma to go look at some, to go meet with some brokers and look at some multifamily apartments. I took my two youngest with me and they come with mom on a business trip and they're so excited. They get to fly on an airplane and, you know, and go and go, go drive around in a cool new car. Cause we don't have a cool car. We just got a, a big minivan. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> So that's what, that's what I do. And so as when they're young, they just know that that's just part of their life, right? That that's what they do. We, we jump in the car, we go and we check on our properties. Um, so think about really tangible things. So little kids, they, they can't think about numbers. They, they don't want to look at spreadsheets. You know, they can't do technology. Well, they can, right? <laughs> but really tangible things that they could be involved in, right? So when you go to Lowe's to pick paint colors, let them come and choose their own paint swab. And they get so excited to choose the colors and they take home like five or six and they're all excited about their colors. Yeah. And so, so things like that is how you can involve, uh, involve little children. And then as they grow up, it's just, it's just part of their life. And now, you know, now we're learning all about how to run an online business because I, you know, I want to, I just really want to spread the word about how amazing investing passively is. And so we're building our own online business. And so how do we do the marketing for that? How do we use social media? I mean, they're Home good the at world. social media. Yeah. The teenagers are way good at social media. <laughs> Last night, my daughter's laughing at me because I did the wrong thing in my social media posts. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. So, uh, so that's, that's kind of my advice. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And it's, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, people often say it's the whole separation, right? We talk about balance. We talk about our mission is to support women or empower women to live a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means. You know, you can take balance and totally, I mean, for another hour, we, we could kind of philosophically debate that, uh, you know, but, you know, from a holistic approach, you know, and, and it's really powerful, right, to include and involve your kids, in all of it, right? Not just the, 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 the shiny stuff, but like all the pieces and all the, the different aspects of what we do in this business. Um, I know for me, I, my, my son really wanted this. Uh, I didn't even know Legos cost this much, but it's a $200 Lego set that you can get. I didn't even know Legos cost that much, you know? And I'm like, uh, okay. And then I said, okay, your, your birthday's going to come up in the fall. Awesome. And that's like my sister, Chris. And I'm like, no, let's try to do something different. We're going to do a little earning project. So we're going to do, um, I got to think about this with COVID, you know, all that kind of stuff is going to affect it a little bit, but I live in a neighborhood and we start brainstorming together, me and Zach. I said, what do people walk around with all the time? He's like dogs, so many dogs. Cause we're right on the corner. I said, what if we sold dog biscuits? He's like, oh, I'm going to earn enough to, 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 to buy that. I'm like, absolutely. And it depends on, and then we're going to look at the costs 
oh, they cost money. I'm like, I'm not going to pay for that. You're going to, we're going to, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> costs and service. So I'm teaching, you know, I was like, like, this is an awesome opportunity beyond the $200, right? This is an amazing opportunity to get into the, his consciousness about wanting something, working towards it and earning it. And I said, and I, and he goes, well, you're going to, you're going to put some money and you're going to match me. Cause we've done that with toys. Well, I said, it depends. All, what are you paying with your return? <laughs> yeah. I said, that all depends. I got to see, we got to see, there's going to be certain, certain things, right? I said, if you complain and I got to see the effort, right? It's, it's, a lot of things are going to play into this and, and, uh, and it's certainly get my money back of putting the money, you know, so I was going through all that. But I, my point in sharing this with what you said is there's all opportunities when things go right and things don't go right for us to teach our kids something. It doesn't have to be this like perfect glassy, let me open a book and tell you about this amazing property I bought. Nothing happened to go wrong. Nothing, nothing wrong happened. And it was perfect. And when it got to the closing and now I make a million dollars, that's not how it works. We all know that. So involve what? them, I, you know, involve them and tell them about your day. You know, something tough happened to me today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind myself, I got to talk to my son about that. Why do I only tell him, the good stuff or the stuff like, oh, this is a property mommy and daddy are working on to, to purchase. That's glossy. That to me is glossy. It's commercial versus like the real stuff, you know, like, no, this shit is happening. I won't say shit. Sometimes I do, but <laughs> this is the real stuff happening. And how can you learn it, you know, use it in your life. So I just think that's awesome that you do that. And it's very inspiring. Five kids. So um, I know Andres has got some questions to ask you and got to have you back on all the, the good tips you have. Um, <laughs> where can the ladies learn more about you? Camilla, you have so much amazing things happening, especially with your, I know your work that you're up to with your course. So where can they learn more about you? Yeah. So I own Steady Stream Investments is the name of my business. And so you can find me online at Steady Stream Investments. My email is Camilla at SteadyStreamInvestments.com. Love to connect with you there. You can find me on social media, same thing, Steady Stream Investments or connect with me on LinkedIn, just my name. Um, I'm, I'm active on several social channels. I'm still learning how to do social media and marketing and all that, but I just trying to really provide value. I do have an active Facebook Facebook group called Passive Investing Made Easy. And so you can join my Facebook group. And then finally, I did create a free masterclass. So I just made a bunch of videos about how to even invest passively. I mean, because a lot of people are like, well, how do you awesome. even do that? It, so I made a, a free masterclass about that. And you can get that on my website as well. So awesome. And I'm going to make sure that all the links for you guys to reach Camilla, it's on our show notes, including the link for her masterclass. Don't miss that. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Camilla, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? So that's a, that's a good one. Um, so it's a, it's has a silly title and it's one I read when I was 16 years old and it's called kissing a frog, finding comfort outside your comfort zone. Um, and so, you know, it was, it, you know, it's the story of this woman and how she kind of like busted through her comfort zone, but you know, it's not one that won any awards. It was not a New York Times bestseller, but it was transformational for me because I read it at a very pivotal, vulnerable time in my life. It, you know, when you're in those teenage years as a, mm -hmm. as a female, like your brain is just going crazy. Um, and so that book has sat on my shelf. You know, I'm not one that collects a lot of things, but that one I still have today because it has taught me that 
as you grow, as you step outside your comfort zone, your comfort grow, zone grows with you. And so what, something that that's, was so hard for me 18 years ago is now, I don't even think about it. And I just, I, I just do it. It's not even hard for me to pick up a phone and call a broker, but that was super hard a long time ago. And so it just, it's just one of those really interesting things that, so I'm constantly trying to figure out ways I can push my comfort zone. Amazing. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Yeah, so, so for me, it's, it's all about exercise. I, I love to make sure that, that I get in some kind of exercise every day. And I'm an early morning person. I, I've always have been. I always love the mornings. And so I like to get up and get outside and get in a run, a walk. Uh, sometimes I sprint just for fun, <laughs> just to, just to uh, get, get my body moving. And, and it also clears my mind and helps my mind for the, for the next day. And then one other powerful routine we have is that at the end of the night, we um, we participate. We we do a, a prayer together as a family, and then we have a family hug, where we all put our arms and circle our arms around each other in this big circle. Um, and that has always been that's a very powerful moment for me as a mother to encircle about my entire family in in a hug. Beautiful. And the last question is: Which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? So I get inspired by all sorts of women. I just, I see women doing things and I'm like, man, you are amazing. You go and in their own spaces too. So I, you know, of course I have, I have idols like Harriet Tubman and Michelle Obama and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like they, they, they are so amazing. But then I'm also inspired by one of my best friends who just had her ninth baby. <laughs> you know, I mean, you think I have a lot, wow. right? She has her ninth baby and, and she just, those children love her and she loves her and she's just amazing. Um, and then I'm also deeply inspired by my oldest daughter who, who just graduated high school, moved out. Her zest for life and her, her attitude of, here I come world, I'm going to take you on, <laughs> is super inspiring to me. Nice. I love that. I love that. Well, Camilla, thank you so much for being on our show. I love, I love your, your connection to purposefulness and investing and just what you're up to. So keep doing what you're doing. You know, the world needs your message. So, and thank you so much for all you do for the, the meetups. So ladies, we'll put that in the show notes too. If you're in Arizona and Scottsdale, Arizona area, well, I don't know if you're meeting in person right now, but definitely check out uh, Camilla's um, investor meetup. So, but thank you again so much for being on our show. We, we so appreciate you. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. I just, I just hope that women just get inspired to, to just go and do and, and, and be amazing. Like show up, own your worth. You're going to do great things. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.